on the Aggie Sports Network. From Learfield IMG College, this is the Aggie Coaches Show with Coach Gary Anderson. Brought to you by America First Credit Union. Financial solutions for every need. Bryant Heating and Cooling. Whatever it takes. SC Needham Jewelers. Where Utah gets engaged. And by Wingers. They're freaking amazing. Here's the voice of the Aggies, Scott Gerrard. Hey, welcome in. It's another edition of the Aggie Coaches Show with Gary Anderson. We are live here at Wingers. We'd love for you to come by and hang out with us uh, just right next to the Cash Valley Mall here in Logan as Utah State gets set for a huge one coming up this weekend against San Diego State, opening up conference play. And, boy, this is uh, this is going to be a fun one on the road, hostile territory in Southern California. Kevin White, also kind enough to hang out with us as well for tonight's show. Coming up a little bit later, you'll also hear from Justice Tae and some guy named Jordan Love. So excited to chat with those young men coming up a little bit later on in the program. But we kick things off with the coach, Gary Anderson. And, Coach, uh, as uh, Bill Parcells once said, this is why you lift all those weights in the summer, getting ready for these kind of games. This conference game opening up on the road against San Diego State, this is a big one. There's no doubt. It's a, it's a big game, and it's like I told the kids today, it's a big game because they created it. Yeah. So you got two really good teams playing uh, as far as what the uh, first few games would lead us all to believe. And, uh, you know, they've, they've done some tremendous things. And if you just look at the numbers defensively for them, offensively for the Aggies, um, Something's going to break, yeah. <laughs> so we'll see what takes place there. And then I think on the other side, you got you know you got an offense that's definitely developed. They've changed on offense as they've gone through the first three games. They came out against Weber in the first opening uh, play of the year. They were an empty, and now they've gone back to more of a they want to smash you in the mouth and play action you and uh, get after it. So you got you got two good teams. Um, should be a great evening, and it's a big football game. And there's going to be a lot of these this year in this conference. There's a yeah. huge one tomorrow night in this conference with uh, Air Force and Boise also. Talk a little bit about how the bye week went for your team. Um, you know, I know you were able to hit the road, do a little recruiting, but overall, how the last uh, how how was the la- last couple of weeks treat- treated your team? Well, it was good. You know, you look at bye weeks in a lot of different ways. First and foremost is to make sure we prepare for San Diego State and try to get a, an upper hand on that preparation, which we did. Secondly is to make sure our kids are settled in school um, and settled kind of in life and get reconnect a little bit with the 52 new kids that are in this program and uh, make sure that, the you know, everything's okay with them as far as you, you're there with them, you see them all day during camp, and then they go off to school. You only see them at a football standpoint. So we got that done. I thought that was awesome and took the young kids and developed them as far as getting back with the position coaches they need to do that every opportunity we get and I think those kids enjoyed that I know our coaches did they got to get some film time with those coaches and you know then thirdly is uh, you know recover and yeah. get ourselves in a position to be as, as fresh as we can and so it was uh, it was mission accomplished I thought our kids handled it well and the coaches did a great job coach I want to ask you about uh, getting some of those young kids I mean you've had a couple of freshmen need to step in uh, Cam Lampkin obviously has stepped in and played very well in, in the first two ball games uh, with the four game redshirt rule how has that changed your approach in terms of getting kids ready and how to get them some game time action well we we sit down every week and we kind of discuss who may have that opportunity um to play in those the four game scenario and then quite frankly there's some other freshmen on this team that are just are going to play um you know 
Johnny Carter is going to play. And uh, as much as we can get him out there, we're going to get him out there, but he's going to play. Cam is obviously going to play. And there's three or four of the freshmen as we go through time that are going to continue to play. Uh, you know, you look at Jackson Owens. He's a, Jackson's a guy we'd like to get four games in, but hopefully we can hold him to those four games. We'll see as we go through time. And, uh, you know, there's a number of other people as you go through you look at. And, and it's again, it's a credit to the kids. It's a credit to the coaches uh, for getting kids that uh, mentally and physically can uh, at least handle at this point. Um, and we'll see how that goes. So we'll try to use as many as we can, but we'll obviously the number one goal is to win football games and for Aggie Nation and for the senior class. You know, backing up a little bit after that game against Stony Brook, I'm sure you were able to get some guys in that will only get those four games. Uh, got some time in. How do, you, how do you feel like your young players performed in that kind of a setting? Uh, it, it was solid. It's just it's great to see him react again from a mental standpoint, from a physical standpoint, an emotional standpoint, if you will, when they get into those settings. So it was good. There was a lot of lessons that were learned. Um, some handled it extremely well. Some of them, I, don't, I wouldn't say any of the moment was too big for them, but it was good that they got their feet wet in that situation, you know, especially in the second half of that game and, and got in there and was, were able to, uh, you know, were able to play in, in a Division One football game. So it'll, it'll, and, and we got to rest some other guys. You know, Woody played a half of a football game and that, that was good for him to be in that spot coach I'm, I'm also curious a lot of those young guys are going to be your scout team guys mm-hmm. how do you keep them motivated to give you the good the looks that you need week after week after week and still keep them motivated in the program well i think the big thing is is to make sure they know how much we appreciate them and uh you know, we, we make sure that we let those kids know that we do appreciate them. And any success we have on the field, uh, whether we play good, whether we play great, whether we win, uh, they are a huge part of that, the, those prep squads. And, and this year's prep squads, and Coach Woods told me this today, he said that defensive prep squad is as good as he's ever been around. Um, and that's a great compliment to the kids. Uh, but, you know, we, we want to make sure that we're, we're all in this together. There's not one young man on our team that uh, isn't a, a, a huge part of it. And you have to communicate with them and let them know because many times they were the stars for since ninth grade, eighth right. grade, and they've been you know, the guy and the man on their team as they've gone through time. And so to take a step back, and I always share stories and let the kids share the stories with it. You know, when we raised our hand, sometime we did this a couple of weeks ago, I had them raise their hand, how many kids that are on the front row, those, sophomore, those seniors and those juniors in our team meeting, how many of those young men could raise their hand and say they've never been on a scout team or a prep team? And not one of them raised their hand. So they all understand that it's part of the process. Is this the first time you've gone head-to-head with Rocky Long as a head coach? As a head coach, yes. Yes, it is. Because yeah. I know you Many had battles in New Mexico yeah. <laughs> back in the day. Those were those were some crazy battles, those defensive teams and uh, went to the University of New Mexico. But as a head coach, yes. Uh, Brady was actually the head coach at San Diego State, who's now the D-line coach um, back at San Diego State now, Brady Hoke. Um, but that never head-to-head with Rocky. You know, it's funny because, I mean, you guys are – I remember talking to Rocky a little bit at Mountain West Conference Media Day, and his eyes lit up when we were talking about you. And, and he's like, you know, I've known Gary forever – because we spent a lot of time recruiting against each other yes. back in the yeah. day. What, what's, what are, what's, what's that relationship like? Because there's a lot of mutual respect, it seems like. Yeah, I just have great respect for the way you know, he runs a program. It's built on toughness. It's built on physicality. And it's built on consistency. You know, that's, uh, and we talk about it all the time in our program right now. The 2019 is the most important year that we're in right now for the seniors and for everybody that's involved in the football program and, again, Aggie Nation. But the consistencies that, that Rocky had when he was at New Mexico, the 
consistency that he's been able to have. You know, every year you're not going to win 10 games, 9 games, go to championships, but they're always consistently tough-minded. They play well, and his kids respect the game of football, and I think he has good coaches around him. And that, to me, that's the, the ultimate thing you can say about a coach at the end of the day. Um, and the, the, the coaches that have coached with him that I know uh, personally, Dave Baldwin, T.J. Woods, have great respect for Rocky as far as the way that he, you know, he's, he's hard on people. He pushes them. Uh, he expects you to take care of your kids in the program. He expects the kids to uh, hold themselves to a high level of accountability, and nobody in the program's too good for the program. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, and he's a great guy. You know, yeah. he's a great guy to be around. And you know, if uh, it's uh, there's 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 no pulling any punches, there's no pretendness, there's no facade about Rocky Long, and what you see is what you get. And I like that also. You mentioned the numbers, uh, Coach. Um, defensively, they're giving up only eight points a ball game, less than 250 yards of total offense per one per point ball something game. yard a rush. One rush, one point six goes on. Yeah, when, yeah, when you look at it, what, what yeah. is it about that three three five that makes it such a difficult defense to to compete against? Well, I think this. Um, I talked to Jay Hill this week and. Um, the first thing Jay, I was talking to him about the defensive side of the ball, and the first thing he said is that you know Rocky's defense is, is is Rocky's defense. There's a lot to it. There's a lot of moving pieces. It's designed to tackle people behind the line of scrimmage, put pressure on a quarterback, make the quarterback feel uncomfortable. It's a complicated defense to play in, and it's a complicated defense to prepare for. Uh, but he has grown in, in different ways. He'll always find his best players, and whether it's the coverage he has to tweak for that year or it's the front seven he has to tweak for that year, he'll grow that defense the way he needs to grow it to get the best players on the field. Uh, Jay Hill's comment was, Coach, when you see those guys they are a, uh, a great looking defense and you know you can see them on film run and tackle and be physical and be sound at what they're doing but you can't see them physically and much like Wake Forest. Yeah, we thought Wake Forest was yeah. a good looking crew when we saw them on film but you walk by them in warm ups it's like is that the linebackers or is that the wide receivers? <laughs> you know, it gets a little confusing so um, they're, they're, you know, Jay says they're a great looking defense and you know so we'll have our work cut out for us without a doubt and uh, I know our kids are excited about the opportunity how do you walk the line uh, you know on either side of the ball as an offense or defense of adjusting week to week to what the other team does and also this is who our identity is this is what we want to do and we're going to do it it's it's a it's a very very tangled web at times yeah. and you have to make sure that you sit back and you know uh, our offense is going to do what they do and that's them they're going to go fast they're going to try to take all those advantages of playing the pace offense on the defensive side of the ball you know we at, early in the Wake Forest game, we had to pump the brakes with the injuries we had and, and go through a changing process. So I think on defense, more so really than on offense, most of the time you have to be able to look back and say, well, you, you're always a reactor on defense a little bit, right? Yeah. You're reacting to a formation. You're reacting to a play scheme. You're reacting to whatever's going on on the offensive side of the ball. On, on the defense, as the defense, what the offense is doing. On offense, you're a little bit more, you're calling a play. You're putting yourself in a position to be able to still be reactful, but you know where you're supposed to go. Um, and I think that's the same way with scheme. You have to be careful. There's a whole lot of things that the team did before that worked really well and didn't work well when you see it on film. And uh, there's some times when you grab something and say, hey, that fits us well, but you better make sure it fits your core. You don't want to speak a whole new language to a group of kids every single week. Then, you know, you have no base, and that's not good for the young men in the program. They've got to believe in the, the base scheme that they're playing. Take our first break. Come back. Kevin White, Scott Gerard, alongside the coach, Gary Anderson, as we continue on live here at Wingers. We'd love for you to stop by, hang out with us, grab a bite to eat, and uh, get ready for some more Aggie football right here on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield IMG College.
Welcome on back. You're listening to the Aggie Coaches Show. Scott Gerard alongside Kevin White and the coach, Gary Anderson, live here at Wingers. Come on by, hang out with us. We'd love to chat, chat with you. Coming up in our next segment, we'll allow you to ask some questions as well. If you got questions for Coach, uh, you can let your voice be heard and uh, get Coach's thoughts on the game coming up against uh, San Diego State. Uh, real quickly, and I know you have to talk in generics, but how was the uh, how was the last couple of weeks in terms of recruiting for your for your squad? It's good. Uh, we're very patient right now. Our numbers are so limited in recruiting. Um, we've got great interest uh, from some really good players and just trying to go through the process and make sure we're evaluating our needs list every single day as we go through so we can fulfill, first of all, the 2020 team and then beyond and keep our uh, yeah. as much as we can get that uh, – classes in even spots with those graduation numbers that we go through throughout the years but uh, it's good the recruiting crew is working their tails off every single day and it was great to get out on the road and go to the high schools in, in Utah you know we able to go out and see some quality teams and quality young men and uh, there's 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 good football in this state I'll tell you that much as usual yeah so let's talk a little bit about the Aztecs getting ready for this game. The first game against Weber State and you mentioned conversations with Jay Hill they're only 25 percent on third down five of 20. After that, 6 of 15, 40%. Last week against New Mexico State, 7 of 14, 50%. Uh, so their overall number isn't great, but you can see progress on how they're improving on third down. Uh, what do you see when you see the evolution of their, their offense and what to expect in this game on Saturday? Well, again, I think they've gone back to more of, of their core. And when I say that, it's just more tight ends are involved uh, within yeah. the offense. And um, they've done a nice job. And they're good players. They're experienced players. And they were really not on the field nearly as much in game one. Um, and they'll still get into the 11 personnel sets with one tight end in the game when they need to in certain situations. Third down, for instance, they like to get into that stuff with stuff with what most people do. But you've got to get them into third and long. Um, so their mindset is to, you know, let's let's ground a pound, let's chew up that clock, let's hit you with the play action shots down the field, which they were very successful with last year. Um, uh, very, very good at that. And that's starting to come back into their game to push the ball down the field in those moments when they want to take a shot. Uh, the controlled passing game has been, you know, much, much cleaner as far as giving them an opportunity to make plays. And the receivers have done a nice job making plays. The running backs catch the ball in the backfield. So the evolution of the offense has been they've gone to their coach. Horton's a great coach. I mean, he's been doing this for a long, long yeah. time, the offensive coordinator. And obviously he is, again, just like everybody does that's a good football coach, you adjust your personnel as you go through the year. Just because you wanted to do something doesn't always mean you can do something. And they've definitely found their niche and the direction that they're going is obviously the proper uh, – direction that they need to go to help their offense use those backs use those tight ends and cause you a lot of problems in those bigger personnel groups and their quarterback ryan agnew uh senior. winner yeah he, winner yeah talk Absolutely. a little bit i mean yeah. i know you're a little bit worried about his ability to get out of the pocket yes. as well so yep. Yep. talk about that, that young man the, the the kid is uh you know he runs the offense very well you can tell his team likes to rally around him you can see that on film saw that this year as we've gone through time um, they believe in him um, you know he gets out of the pocket and he causes you some real problems um, and especially when he scrambles to his right um, he's a very very solid weapon in the throw game uh, and a very solid weapon in the in the run game does he still look to throw off the, the, he does, the scramble especially when he breaks to the right, the right. yes uh -huh. so if he has an opportunity to break to the right he really he really likes that the other thing that he likes to do is he's like in most quarterbacks he loves to throw within the windows of the pocket and the a gaps and the B 
gaps. And so if you get those rushers up the field and the defensive ends and their offensive tackles are, are good players, the Capra kid that transferred from Oregon, who was a really good player at the University of Oregon, the right tackle. Um, so I know a lot about him. His brother played at the University of Utah. Good player. Uh, you have a hard time running around that guy to the outside. And if you do that, the B-gap window opens, and he likes to look through that, and he also likes to run through that. So you got to make him uncomfortable at closing the pocket and squeezing him in there. But, you know, the biggest thing I would say about him is just that the kid's a winner. I mean, you look at his record and what he's done. The guy's a winner. You look at a guy like Justice Tate, who we're going to talk about here in a bit, and T. Penali, I, you know, those guys like to get around the edge a little bit, but it sounds like you got to be careful when you're dealing with the quarterback. Yeah, like just, you just need to be smart. You need to pick your spots and, and know where we're at. And they're, you know, it's like I said, I think they have two, um, you know, really good offensive tackles that have done some good things and are some proven players. So our ability to be able to make sure, and we have good players out there too, so it's good on good. Like they're much in much of this game, there's good on good. Yeah. Uh, but the ability for our edge rushers to be able to mix it up from a physicality standpoint, you know, not let them know exactly where we're going if we get an opportunity to run around the edges, we'll take that. And then the defensive tackles have to kind of cover them up and help them. So we, uh, you know, you, you got to keep them off balance. You can't let them just know where you're coming every single time uh, off the edges or whether that's in the middle. And uh, these guys are, are good football players. They've prepared well for it. And I know that uh, Justice, Tipa, Jacoby, you know, they're all excited about that opportunity to get in there. Nick also. So they'll be ready to roll. But they're, they're really, I mean, they're, they're kind of returning to their roots. Of, they've no got doubt. three good backs. They're no going to want to ground and pound. Control the clock. Yep. Keep your offense off the field. Um, and they've got three good running backs. A yes. couple of them went for 100 last week against New Mexico State. Yep, absolutely. It's, it's uh, you know, they want to be able to take the time. And they'll pay with, play with pace a little bit as needed. I think they use that as a good disguise at times to try to catch you maybe trying to get into different personnel groups or try to sub into a package where you can get some speed on the field. Um, and uh, But they, they have definitely returned to say, hey, this is uh, who we are and what we're going to be. Now, maybe that was always the plan. I don't know. I'm not in those coaching meetings. Maybe that's something they want to do a little bit more of against Weber State and um, Maybe show it a little whatever bit. it may yeah. have been, but uh, at that point they they're they're physical up front. They got uh, you know four good tight ends if they want to bring him in, and they play with three of them a lot of the times as they as they continue through. But um, you know the guy that they're using this year at fullback is is a real weapon in the throw game um, because he's a tight end, but yet he's physical enough to get in there and pound you on the the power rows and the, the plays. He likes that part of it, but he also likes catching the football. Uh, they picked up 10 sacks this year on defensively. Yep. They're getting after the quarterback a little bit, a little bit over uh, three sacks a game. Uh, this offense usually gets the ball out pretty quickly, but how concerned are you with their pass rush? Well, you need to get it out quick. Um, there's, they're, they're going to bring free hitters, um, you know, at times. And I don't say they're really, you know, like high-risk, zero-pressure defense, but they are strategic on how they place people. And um, like any coverage, there's opportunities to have holes in coverage, and they're bringing people from different spots. But, you know, the challenge is to find them in a brief time, and that's um, some of the things that our offense is designed to do. And we're excited about the opportunity to see how we match up against that because if we if we can get back and we can throw the ball well against this football team um, you know we should really be able to throw the ball well against anybody mm. coach I'm, I'm curious uh, do you talk much about the history of this series with your squad <laughs> I know it but I don't talk to him about I, it I wondered because it's been three years since you played <laughs> yeah and so yeah. you know it's a completely different team yeah. that you've got this year so I wondered how much you you yeah. address that and, and how much of you that you yeah. just say leave it in the history 1967 Books. yep yeah. yeah I know that yeah um, we don't talk much about that yeah. yeah, it's been it's been a minute, and it obviously they played twelve times, and so I think it's important to, to you know go back and know the history and um, understand it. And if it's, I think it's viable to share with the kids. I think it's viable to share with the kids. But the bottom line is, we have not had you know much success going to San Diego um, and playing. Um, 
you know, when, when we were here back in the past, that, that day didn't go so well for us when Brady was the head coach there. And it's, it, it's this, you're right, it's a different team. It's a different era. It's a different feel. Um, and our kids don't need to worry about that at all. But it sure would be nice for Aggie Nation to go over there and, uh, you know, get a win in San Diego. It's also good history, though, for Aggie Nation uh, coming off a of bye week, eight in a row coming off a of bye week. I didn't know that one. Yeah. That's good. So that's a, that's a good positive <laughs> vibe coming off of a bye like, week. I like that. Yeah. So that's good. Do you, uh, you know, it's, it's you know, well known the, the success uh, that Kyle's had coming off bye weeks. And, and, and do, you, do you, have you employed a lot of that same philosophy or what is it that allows your teams to be successful coming off that bye week? Um, you know, I don't know. As, as far as Kyle, we were together for so long. I mean, it started in 1994, I suppose, at Idaho State. So I think a lot of the things that, that we do have, yeah. have held uh, together. Um, you know, we obviously do what we do at the end of the day. But, um, you know, bye weeks to me, are, are it kind of depends on where they're placed. And many people look at that bye week and say that we just went through and say, boy, it's really early in the season. Well, that's obvious. And we played two games. Well, that's obvious, too. But at the end of the day, these young men have been back here since the middle of May. Yeah. And they've been grinding and they've gone through camp. So it's it's not a horrible spot for a bye, especially when you have two. And then we you know we get to LSU, get through that game, and that's game five for us. And then we come back and then we got seven in a row as we go through. So I think our byes are, are spotted in a decent spot. Um, but the philosophy can change depending on your team. You know, how, how healthy are you um, with the core of the team and the traveling team? It can adjust every single year. Now, with your young kids – that never adjusts. It's an opportunity to help them get better. Coach, I know earlier in the week, uh, Chris Unga said that uh, when you break the huddle, it's always Mountain West champs. Mm-hmm. And you're entering the conference schedule this Saturday night. I mean, what, what does that mean to this group as you now start the conference schedule? These, these games now mean something for these kids. Well, it, it, it absolutely does. And, you know, as you go through January and you go through spring ball and you go through summer, 95% of the teams in the country break the huddle the same way. You know, whatever. I mean, Pac-10 champs, Big Ten champs, SEC champs. And a lot of teams break the huddle and they're like, yeah, I don't know if I really believe that, <laughs> right? I mean, it's, yeah. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. We'll see what happens. But when this crew does it, they believe that. And there's probably six or seven teams in this league that really believe that when they break their huddle after practice that uh, they can be the champs but these kids that's that's a goal for them um it's their number one goal and you know when you're in a big game at the first of the year and one of us is going to be one and all in the conference it's a huge step to achieving that goal it's not the end all but it's a huge step and especially when the conference is as competitive as it is this year um I think it's going to be wild. I think it's going to go right down to the end, and there's going to be a lot of tipping and turning and flipping and flopping that goes on. And, you know, you just you got to remember you just got to hang in there and keep on battling through these conference fights and these conference battles as you continue through. Last year, I remember, you know, Utah, we started off 0-2, and it was woe is us and what's going to happen and where are we going to go and everybody giving up on us and we fought our way back into it. So you never know. It's a crazy world we live in when you're in a competitive, tough conference like this is this year, especially on our side of the schedule. I know you're part X's and O's guys head coach but also part psychiatrist and i've always i've always wondered from a from a leadership and emotional standpoint do you try to treat these games the same or do you put a little extra juice in it as a coach how do you handle something like this in this no, kind of a game yeah re- really not i think it's i think it's really important for these kids to to go through uh football is a very repetitive sport preparing for a game is a very repetitive situation for them um but i do like to look into their eyes see where they're at how they're handling things you know i met with the leadership committee today like i like to do every thursday and just see if there's anything on their mind and there's you know those 19 kids are in there 
there and sometimes it's a really quick meeting sometimes it's a little longer meeting and these two kids are here tonight are obviously in that position but uh, um, they were good they, they were excited they uh, are fired up to go where they're uh, where they're moving forward for this game and, and ready to go get on the airplane and uh, take our best swing at this thing but I, I don't believe in just hey this this is a this is a big moment making it bigger than it is or yeah. I have to do this in this game or I've got to be able to do this I got to score this I got to score three touchdowns I got to have four sacks hey man be you build yourself up to the game and go battle this is what you fought for all year long and you're only guaranteed 12 of these opportunities don't don't make it too big that's going to make you push and if you push that's not a positive take another break come back it's your turn to ask questions for coach we'll have the wireless mic out and about so you got a question for coach we'd love to hear from you here at wingers stop by and say hi and make sure to show your aggie pride at any wingers location use your aggie visa card to pay for your meal and receive a free dessert plus you'll be entered to win an aggie football package including tickets to the next home game stop by any usu or golden west credit union branch to pick up your aggie visa card and congratulations this week's winner it's alvi bracken usu credit union will be reaching out to get you your pride so congratulations alvi we're hooking you up right here on the uh, coach gary anderson anderson show on the aggie sports network from learfield img college Welcome back. It's another edition of the Aggie Coaches Show with Gary Anderson right here on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. All right, it's your turn here at the program. If you want to ask a question for Coach, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, Coming up in our next segment, we'll chat with Jordan Love and Justice Tae and uh, get their thoughts on this upcoming uh, game as well. Uh, So just raise your hand and uh, Ajay will run the mic out to you. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, Coach... This is, uh, this is one of those games that I know a lot of people are going to pay very, very close attention to across the league. But this league, and I know I don't know how much scoreboard watching you're doing, but this league is having a tremendous start to the season. They are, and people throughout the country should be watching. Um, you know, this is a game that is starting at 8.30 here and 9.30, I guess, or whatever it's going to be back east. and. Um, 10:30, I suppose, right? That's, I yeah. mean, it's, it's just you wish a game like this and this conference was on at two o'clock here, right? So yeah. you could see it back east, and um, it'd be. I'm just in favor of let's 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 kick off the Mountain West of the the big games. Let's kick them off at 11 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Um, let's play it so people can see us and see that game because who's going to see it at 10:30? Um, and I know that's not attractive for a lot of fans and some certain fan points, but uh, for the league, it's really really good. Um, you know, I, I just I'm a big believer in that on the West Coast, and it'll be fun to be able to have these teams compete. But it, it, it should be a national game. There yeah. should, it really should be with what's gone on and what you know. San Diego State's done to this point with their opponents. You know what we did last time. I like Wake Forest three and zero. They beat some really. They beat Miami. Yep. That's a pretty good team. So, or excuse me, the team North Carolina beat Miami. They beat North. Da 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 da. But. Um, you know, at the end of the day, it's 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 a big game. Um, the league has done fantastic. There's a big game on tomorrow night for the league, which is on national television, which is awesome on Friday night for everybody to be able to see that game. Um, but uh, you know, we need to be able to be out there, and people need to gain respect for this league because it's every single year it's like this. This year's been a little special in that area, but you beat uh, Purdue. You know, you beat all the. Uh, who was it that Missouri. came to Missouri? Yeah, it, it, it goes on and on. And, uh, and again, I guess that's why it's hard to schedule games, to have people yeah. come and play here. They're not really excited about it when they, when they come to the mountain air and come and play in those games. And same thing's true in Laramie and at Reno and everywhere else. Coach, I know uh, um, 
we were talking about the numbers a little bit earlier. Um, turnovers, I mean, we'll talk about your keys, I'm sure, but mm-hmm. uh, when you look at their turnovers and their turnover margin through the years, they won 27 out of their last 28 yep. Yep. when they won the turnover battle. Yep. They're plus five on the season so far. Yep. That's got to be probably key number one for you guys Saturday it night. It's, it's going to be much like uh, the last game when I talk about it, and I'll probably sound like a broken record as I talk through the year, but you know, turnovers and third downs are, are huge for us, and um, it's going to be the way that, that as, as we play as a football team in all three phases that's going to be so key for us third downs on offense yes third down on defense yes turnovers for the defense to get and not to turn the ball over on offense it'll be a real identity and and you'll be able to sit back and look at our team in january when this is all said and done and say the success of our third downs and our turnovers was really truly the success of our football team i i really believe that and that's the same every year um but with this team i think it's elevated well, and I guess, you know, just to play off that a little bit, it shows the importance of first and second down so you're not playing behind the chains. It does. And, and for our offense to get into a mojo, right? They, they obviously get into mojo when they get a first down. And getting a first down is so important for our offense to be able to get them rolling and get things started, um, to play with the pace and do the things. That's They're, they're in a comfort zone when they get that going. Um, that's very obvious when you see it, and the defenses are not in a comfort zone when we get rolling. Uh, on the flip side of that, for us to be successful on third downs against a team, team like San Diego State, they want to go, you know, first down, they want to go second and six, they want to go third and two. That's where they want to live. And if yeah. they live like that, it's a, it's a very difficult scenario to be able to get them off the field. So uh, uh, all those technical things that go into a football game many times aren't discussed. But when I get to talk to smart guys like you, then that's what happens. <laughs> like, I don't know. He's looking at you, Scotty. I think he's looking at you. I don't know, I don't know you. where you're looking. Hey, I, I want to ask you, Coach. Uh, you got the punt return for the for the score yep. a couple of weeks ago, but the guy taking that punt back is emerging. Yes, I mean when, when Scotty talked to Jordan earlier in the year, he asked him who might have the breakout season this year, and he said DT. He said yep. Devin Devin Tompkins might be that guy. And he seems to be really emerging through these first few ball games. Yes, yeah. Uh, DT is, he, he's a tremendous kid. You know, there, there's a story to his life that not a lot of people know and understand. But uh, that young man handles his business extremely well. Um, you know, he's a dad. Uh, there's a lot of stressors in his life. And I think he has a position coach that has done a tremendous job of, of helping him grow and develop. And, you know, uh, himself, his girl, taking, making sure that his kid is, the kids, are, kids are taken care of now. Um, and a lot of the credit goes to Coach Phillips, yes, and the rest of the team around it, but DT himself has done a tremendous job of growing off the field, which has allowed him to be able to play within his athletic ability. He continues to grow and blossom. Um, it's important to him. He's a tremendous teammate. He's unselfish. He's not a guy that sits there and says, i got to get the ball 15 times or 10 times or 6 times. He plays within the system. And uh, But his athletic ability is uh, it's special, and all you got to do is watch him play when he gets the ball in his hands, and you know, uh, there's not many of those guys out there in the world, that's for sure and I'm, I'm glad he's on our team but i'm glad he's here in cash valley and at utah state because he needs he needs us and and we need him but he needs uh, the support that he's getting from all the people in aggie nation to help that kid continue to grow and, and make sure his family's taken care of and that punt, i'm sorry scotty that punt return was a little bit of a wrinkle off of the special teams yeah the two to two returners yeah the two uh, returners yeah, yeah, you know and yeah, uh, yeah. 
Special teams might play, again, another big role in Saturday night's ballgame. Absolutely. You know, they, and they're, they're very good on special teams. They're a very good, very good place kicker, um, a very good punter. They're schooled up well on the special team side of the ball, and I think we're schooled up well on the special team side of the ball and, you know, have some nice weapons as far as our kickers go also. So um, it, it's uh, always a big piece for us. We're always trying to gain an advantage, whether that's an extra possession, whether that's, you know, pinning him when we punt the ball, whether that's getting a return to get one more first down. Um, but uh, being aggressive on special teams, is not a problem for either one of these teams and it, just, it fits their identity it fits our identity to be aggressive in everything we're doing between scarver dt nathan is this an explosive of a special teams return unit that you've, you've been around? Absolutely, yes. And, uh, you know, Saban's just, he's really, really special when he gets his hands on the ball in a kickoff return. Yeah. Uh, you know, you kind of wish that they kicked the ball off from the 10-yard line. Yeah, and I know. Then we could have more <laughs> you kickoff returns. You could see returns. a high level of frustration <laughs> yeah. there with him. It would, be, uh, it would be really nice. He just doesn't get many opportunities in today's day and age. And I think, you, you know, maybe in the, uh, you go down to sea level and we'll have a little bit better opportunity to, to get some of those kickoff returns and we'll see where it goes. But uh, he's, he's special. Uh, um, you know, it's it's a it's a great crew returners. Jordan's done a nice job. He's just Jordan's so consistent. And he's steady Eddie back there. But if you give him just an opportunity to hit a crease, um, he's going to you know jump at that. And so did you see Jordan Love looking at me like I was talking about him. I wasn't. So. <laughs> well, speaking of which, we will chat with Jordan Love and Justice Day coming up next. Coach, thank you so much. Appreciate okay, it. Okay, thanks guys. Appreciate you. you Go it. Aggies. That's Gary Anderson, head coach of the Utah State Aggies. We'll get the player perspective coming up next. Wrap things up straight ahead on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. All right, welcome back. Final segment of the show. You're listening to the uh, Utah State Coaches Show, Gary Anderson. But right now, it's time to get the players' perspective. And you got two superstars here, Justice Tay, as well as Jordan Love, kind enough to join us here at Wingers. Uh, so uh, a lot of a lot of expectations going into this game, a lot of excitement. Justice, let's start with you, man. Uh, this has got to be a fun game for you. This has got to be one where you get to play San Diego State under the lights, uh, a former NFL stadium against a really good team. This is this is why you play college football, is it not? Absolutely, and especially growing up around that area, you kind of like I'm not gonna say I'm a fan of them. Growing yeah, no, no, but you definitely know where and. It's just cool how it's come full circle, be able to go out there and play in front of some family and friends. Jordan, you haven't had a chance to, to face this team as, you know, as, as a member of this team. Uh, what, what jumps out at you when you look at this team on film? Yeah, I mean, uh, they're just a they're good defense, uh, solid defense, uh, and their offense does what they need to do to, to win games. So um, all around, they're a good team. Jordan, and maybe the quarterback can hang out down on this end of the table. Is that all right, Jeez. Scotty? <laughs> Fine. All right. We'll let that you go. Defensive guys stay over there. Yeah. Uh, Jordan, I'm, I'm curious. When you look at that, uh, that film, yeah. the 3-3-5, three, three, a little yeah. different than maybe some other things that you've seen. Uh, did Wake Forest run a little bit of that same sort of scheme, or did, is there something that you've seen over the last couple of years that emulates what San Diego State does? Yeah, no, I really haven't. Uh, they run a pretty unique defense. I haven't really seen any other defenses like it. Um, but, yeah, it's kind of just like a Tampa 2 type thing. They already got that uh, the Aztec player back there. But, uh, yeah, 3-3-5 three, three, is a little different. But, uh, I mean, our offense, we can we can roll within defense. And, and I understand they're running maybe a little bit more zone than they have in the past. Uh, not as much zero coverage or man coverage as, as much as they are kind of keeping that shell, the, the Tampa 2, as you talked about on the back end. Mm-hmm. Is, that, is that right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I like to keep everything in front of them, so – and so does that mean that you guys will probably be a little bit more 
you do what you do, or are you a little bit more quick game passing this this Saturday? No, we're going to do what we do. I mean, it doesn't – like I said, it doesn't matter what the defense throws at us. I mean, we're going to execute our plays and see if they can hang with us. So, Justice, let's talk about defensively. When you look at this offense and you look at what they've been able to do with three really good running backs, an experienced quarterback, let's talk about your perspective, what you've seen from this team on film. Yeah, you mentioned their three running backs traditionally. You know, San Diego State's kind of known for producing those guys, so they definitely got talent and – at that quarterback position, you know, they got a competitor in, in him, you know, and we're excited to get after him. What is uh, – tell me what life's been like for you at Utah State. I love it. I love it. You know, coming from California, it's a slower pace out here, and I was just talking to Mrs. Anderson over there, and it, it, it's good pace, though, you know. Smaller town, you get to meet the locals here, and it's it's good for uh, us Cali boys, I'd say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jordan, you agree with that? Oh, yeah, I definitely agree. Love it out here in Logan. Slower. You ain't got to deal with traffic all the time and stuff yeah. like that. So this is definitely good. Although growing up here, it's a lot worse now than it was when I was a kid growing up here. I got to tell you. Oh, I bet. I mean. It, it has grown a lot yeah. for yeah. sure. Uh, Justice, I'm curious, uh, maybe playing off that just a little bit. I remember about a year ago, you lost your father. Yes, sir. And uh, I remember uh, you coming back after that and, uh, you know, getting back into the swing a little bit. What's that been like for you to, you know, do you have a bunch of family members that are going to be there Saturday night? Yeah. And who is it you turn to in your family that, that can really buoy you up now? Well, well, the biggest thing, you mentioned it, um, you know, to be honest, I, I struggled. I didn't even know if I was going to come back to football. But you mentioned family, and, and family doesn't always have to be blood. So I had these guys hitting me up, you know. And so that was, that was the biggest thing, coming out here and knowing that it wasn't just family back at home for me. I had family in Logan who would take care of me. But, but, yeah, you know, and that just gives me more fuel to work for, and uh, I'm excited. Is that oh. something that you, you dedicate yourself to your, oh, your dad? 1,000%. 1,000 for sure, yeah. Did it take a while to get that passion back? Yeah, yeah. It was, it was definitely one of the lowest points of my life. And uh, I don't it, – it, it, you know, it never goes away. Yeah. You know, but like I said, I'm, I'm just going to continue to use that. Um, I got a strong mother who's, who's been through a lot as well, and I can't help, you know. But think about her. And maybe this guy uh, leaned on him a little bit because you've been through the same thing, Jordan. Uh, exactly. I mean, you guys can relate a little bit in that regard. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, how is it that you guys uh, – what is that locker room like for you guys this year? Is it any different than it has been in the past? Is it, do you feel more cohesion? It, what, what's it like in there for you guys this year? Man, the locker room's great. I mean, uh, everybody. I mean, everybody's cool with everybody. It's no group stuff like that. I mean, everybody's um, talking stuff like that. And of course, we got that new locker room, so it's a it's, yeah. it's, it's a lot nicer being up in there. <laughs> if you've not seen the locker room, you got to get up there and see this locker oh, yeah. room. It is incredible. It's dope. <laughs> so you and I chatted, and and I'm I'm glad Kevin brought this up too. But you and I talked at Mountain West Conference Media Day, and I and everybody was talking about, oh my gosh, Jordan lost all of his wide receivers. So what's going to happen? And you said we're going to be fine. And I asked you, you know, give me a couple guys to look out for. And you said Devin Tompkins. What about him and what you saw led you to believe that he'd turn into the player that we're seeing evolve every Saturday we're up there watching him play? Yeah, I mean, he's the fastest dude on the field. Uh, really, nobody can catch him. So, I mean, uh, I mean, we've seen it all since he's been here. I mean, he catches the ball and he just makes plays. I and mean, he makes people miss, gets in the end zone. So, um, that's what he's shown so far this season. So, he's just going to continue to build on that. So You, uh, you lost a really good 87, but you picked up another one. Yep. 
talk a little bit about his game. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I got a cop here. That would be Caleb Rep, and yeah. Not, yeah, not, uh, not Dax Raymond this year. No, no, you lost Dax Raymond. You pick up Caleb Rep. Yeah. So how, how's he evolved? Because it seems like you haven't missed a beat much there at that tight end position. Oh, yeah, it's been great having Caleb. I mean, uh, came from Utah. He's playing DN over there and stuff like that. I don't think they used him right. But, I mean, you see he comes over here. He's just a playmaker. I mean, he's making plays, get the ball in his hand. He can run. He's athletic, um, can catch. So, um, it's just great to just have weapons like that. And COC has yep. been a tremendous asset for this team as well. What what it, you know a lot of times some of those guys and I remember when Jalen Green came from USC, uh, somebody asked me you know does he does he come with an aura of I'm from USC I've been Pac-12, and I said no I, as far as I can tell there was none of that whatsoever with him and I get this, the the impression you're getting none of that from COC as well. Yeah, definitely we haven't got any of that. Um, COC is a great dude. I mean he just he really wants to just be out there and work and win games for us. I mean. Uh, He's much as part of his family, like he's been here for four years. So it's uh, it's great. I mean, we embrace those dudes, and they embraced us. So um, it's been a good transition. I mean, they came in, learned the offense really easily, and uh, you see them. They're just out there making plays. Yeah. Hey, Justice, I want to turn back to you for a second. Um, a little bit different defensive scheme this year from last year. And a lot of people are questioning, how come we're not getting the sacks? How, much, how come we're not getting a lot of the TFLs? How come we're not putting the pressure on it? You know, maybe talk about how difficult it's been with these first few teams you played against to, to be able to get that kind of pressure. And is this a game that perhaps you guys can have a breakout and get a little bit more pressure? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think those first two games we played, we saw a lot of, you know, slide protection, rollouts, uh, max pro. So we weren't really getting the true one-on-ones that we're used to. But... You know, with that being said, I think, like you mentioned this week, we, we, we can find those matchups. Um, we have a great scheme put in place, you know, to find those matchups if we don't get them. And I know uh, Tebow's been hungry, man. He's he's going he's gonna to turn up this week for sure. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I know I know this defense wants to eat a little bit, especially from a turnover standpoint. Um, they came in waves last year, and I got a sneaking suspicion. Hopefully another one's coming here pretty yeah, soon. Yeah, yeah, we need to. We, we need to, you know, get the ball to this guy as much as you can because we know what they can do with that ball. So, but, uh, the less you see us, you know, that's the better. I hope you see 10 a lot <laughs> on the offensive side. That'd be good. How much better does going up against, especially in spring ball and fall camp, how much better does going up against that offense help you on defense? Absolutely. And, you know, you mentioned DT as well. There's so much talent on that offense. And, you know, we've got one of the best quarterbacks in the country. You know, you, you can't help but get better. I'm sure uh, we've helped him too. But, you know, he's helped us grow as a defense. For sure, the back end and all phases. We have a young O-line, but, you know, they've been playing well this year as well. So, yeah, it's a good combination for us yeah, both. You talk about the O-line, and, uh, you know, Jordan, I'd love to get your perspective on the O-line as well. Um, maybe answer that, and then I've, I, I want to ask you, how, going from what happened to Wake Forest, how are you able to then come back and, and the next week you're 25 or 34 for 294, mm-hmm. clean, no yep. interceptions? And I mean, I, you got to pride yourself on, on bouncing back. So maybe talk a little bit about first the offensive line and then what it's been like for you to bounce back after the Wake Forest game. Oh, yeah. I mean, the O-line, uh, this is really their, that whole group, their first time just being together in the game. I mean, they've been doing a tremendous job. I mean, uh, keeping me clean. Um, good running holes and stuff like that so I mean they've been doing a great job and they're going to continue to do do that just getting better every week so um, I got all the faith in the world in them dudes and, and 
just as the offense as a whole. So, uh, yeah. And then what was the, the so question? so the the experience you had at Wake Forest. Yeah. I know that you you know really disappointed in yeah. how that ended. Yeah. Uh, how were you able to then bounce back so well against Stony Brook? And are you are you able to just kind of say, all right, let's move on? Yeah. Talk about your mentality there. No, nah, that's kind of. I mean, uh, tough game. Uh, didn't go the way I wanted it to. Made too many mistakes, really. Um, and then, I mean, all you can do is watch it on film next week, learn from it, see what you did, areas you messed up on, and uh, just know that you can't make those mistakes again. Just something you got to learn from. How's it been juggling all the attention and all the uh, all the exterior noise in regards to hey tony you know, doesn't you have a girlfriend yet and, uh, that's uh, <laughs> not I'm, that kind of attention i, I, I don't uh, we don't need to go down that, down that line but i'm just saying like how how hard is it or has it even been hard to try to no i just need to stay focused on football and put all this other stuff to the side yeah man uh just really just my teammates help out a lot with that just hanging out with them just trying to push all that stuff they're to not the gonna side. let you too big get yeah too no big no no for sure they don't, <laughs> they'll never let that happen but yeah just like i said just being with them i mean exactly they'll keep your head uh right where it needs to be um keep you focused stuff like that so but like i said i kind of just push that stuff to the side yeah hey justice just curious uh, what are you studying what uh, what is it you'd like to do after football uh it's a good question <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Uh, hopefully, a degree get me somewhere. But right now, I'm in sociology, just to broaden things. Maybe some business, but no clue. Okay, and and Jordan, how about you? Uh, yeah, so I finished exercise science degree, so I'm done with that. But I figured out that's not really the road I wanted to go down. But I was kind of too late in it, so, so you uh, just gotta just finish it. Yeah, we'll just figure everything finish else it. later. Yeah, yeah finish it. So uh, I also added criminal justice, just because kind of my mom was a cop, stuff like that. I don't really know if I'll really ever go down that path, but just kind of something I wanted to look into. So, yeah, I really don't know what I do with those degrees, honestly. Well, hopefully you have a long, long time before yeah, you have to figure out exactly. what you're going to do for a day job. Yeah, I so, so, appreciate it. Hey, gentlemen, thanks for stopping by. This yeah, was awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Justice Tei, Jordan Love. Big games coming up on Saturday. Utah State taking on San Diego State. Well, that wraps it up for us. Big thanks to Wingers. Hey, and again, make sure to show your pride at any Wingers location. You can use your Aggie Visa card to pay for your meal and receive a free dessert. Plus, you can be entered to win an Aggie football package, including tickets to the next home game. Stop by any USU or Golden West Credit Union branch to pick up your Aggie Visa card. And it should be a lot of fun. All right. Final thoughts before we wrap this thing up? Uh, I, I can't tell you, tell you how excited I am for Saturday night, Scotty. When we talked earlier in the season, uh, we said, which are the games you're looking forward to the most? And, and a lot of people said LSU. A lot of people said Boise State and uh, BYU later in the year. For me, Saturday night's yep. game is the litmus test for this team. So I am very much looking forward to this battle. And, and I got to say that I think that Justice and this defense may have a lot to say about the outcome of Saturday night's ball game. So stay tuned for that. No doubt about it. Uh, we'll kick things off coming up uh, Saturday at 730 with the pregame show, 830 kickoff. I'm Scott Gerard alongside Kevin White. This has been the Gary Anderson Coaches Show on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. On the Aggie Sports Network, this has been the Aggie Coaches Show with Coach Gary Anderson. Brought to you by Ford. Go further. Zions Bank. We haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Wingers. They're freaking amazing. And by Larry H. Miller Dealerships. Driven by you. The proceeding has been a Learfield IMG College presentation of the Aggie Sports Network.